If the roar of the crowd gives you goosebumps, cashing a slip makes you grin, and above all, you love making your bookie cry, then you're in the right place. The number one spot for premier betting advice and wild opinions, shared with a fan base like no other. Welcome home. This is the Punch List MMA Podcast. Oh, here we are. We spent a week away, but we're back now. Um, it is me, as always, Dale. I don't know why I introduce myself every episode. Three, four years into this, I still cannot figure out how to uh, start my own show by introducing yourself every time, I guess, if, in case you get new listeners, but I don't think that's the case anymore. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We do have somebody worth introducing tonight. We do have the man known as Johnny K. Uh, he is available everywhere at Johnny K Picks on the, uh, the tweeters and the YouTubes and all that kind of stuff. But he's here tonight. He's super sharp. I'm super dull. So we're hoping that uh, we can get some winning bets for you guys. Johnny, how you doing, buddy? How are you? I am doing great. Thank you for having me on the show. And elephant in the room, I am sorry that I called you Dave on Twitter. <laughs> I wanted to throw that out there. I still feel bad about that. That was totally an autocorrect mistake that I did not. And um, yeah, I'm still feeling a little embarrassed about that. So, so here's the thing, uh, having, you know, obviously I have this name, um, my phone took a long time to recognize me as, as me, it, it, it auto-corrected Dave every time I tried to type in my name and then it still changes my last name to lion every time. So every time I put in my last name, it changes it to lion, even though I've had, you know, iTunes and Apple products for the better part of a decade and some change now. It will not recognize my last name. So I'm, uh, I used to be Dave Lyon and now I am Dale Lyon. So <clears throat> yeah, awesome. I, I, uh, I just, I got to bust your balls because, you know, I get Daryl all the time. Um, <laughs> and I get Dell because I'm in the South. So D E L L like the computer, but, uh, yeah. Dave, Dave is the first time I've gotten Dave in a while. So I can appreciate that. And it was your phone. It wasn't you. I know, you know, <laughs> It was funny, man. I when I said it, I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And I look back and I'm like, "Oh, it's Dave." And I said, "Dave, oh my god!" <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, um, so we're off. We had an off week last week, and now we're back. Uh, Memorial Day was was this past. Well, was yesterday, and then you know we had Memorial Day weekend. Did you do anything for the weekend? Did you have any Memorial Day um, festivities planned that you participated? Yeah. In? Um, me and the wife, we went to her um, relatives and we had a little cookout, had some fun there, uh, drank some beer. And um, other than that, we just, um, you know, kind of hung, hung out around the house, uh, laid, laid outside in the sun. It was nice where we were at up in Northwest Indiana for once. So yeah. um, we got some sun and um, yeah, it's really about it. We just had a little relaxing weekend, nothing super crazy. Um, what about you? Much of the same. Just kind of hung out. I did some. Uh, I did. I did some lamb on the. Uh, I smoked. I did some lamb on the Traeger, and then uh, did some ribs another day. And then we just kind of hung out, spent some time with the kiddos, and then I don't know about you guys, but there, but schools are just wrapping up here in the South, so we're yeah. uh, we're officially you know kicking off summer as of today. So I'm pretty excited about it. Nice. I'm a I'm a big lamb guy. This is a big lamb oh, yeah? household. Um, yeah. I'm I am half Greek. Okay. And my wife my wife is full Serbian, so we love lamb and what? we eat it literally like as much as possible. No way. Oh, dude, I, I, I had no idea. 
That's awesome. Well, you're not allowed to ask people what they are anymore. Apparently, people get upset by that. So I appreciate, well, I, I appreciate well, you dropping the half Greek. No problem. I mean, everyone always think, thought that I was like um, Latino or like Puerto Rican or something like yeah. that. And I'm like, no, I'm I'm Greek, man. Oh, cool. so, <laughs> I right. might not look like it, but. No, I mean, <laughs> I love the Puerto Rican <laughs> thing, too. Yeah, that, there's a little bit of. I can see that. All right. Okay. Um, speaking of Memorial Day, I did. I. I uh, I went to like a farmer's market in the area here um, this weekend. The weather wasn't all that great, but there, there was a lot of people there. And obviously with Memorial Day, there was some uh, some veteran businesses that were there. And I want to just take a second. Um, I, I, I don't want to say I sat down because we were standing, but I chatted with a guy named Phil uh, for a while this weekend. And Phil runs a program called Warrior Wad, um, WOD workout of the day. So warrior one. And basically what they do is their, their idea is exercise as a prescription, right? So they prioritize, um, exercise and nutrition for veterans that are dealing with PTSD, right? So I, I served, Jake served, um, a lot of people listen to the show. So I'm not, I'm not sharing stats that they don't know, but I'm going to share them real quick. Anyway, if you're not aware anybody that's listening to this, one out of three veterans that you know suffer from some form of PTSD or post-traumatic stress, one in three, which is ludicrous. And there's six million plus veterans um, that are wounded in some way, shape or form, whether it be a mental thing or a physical thing. And the number is not a, um, it's not just a, a buzzword statistic that's thrown out. 20 plus veterans take their life every day um, from suicide. And even more so if we count in substance abuse. So what Phil's mission and what the, the mission is at Warrior Wad there is to help get um, these guys and gals that are dealing with some of these issues, both visible and invisible, um, getting them plugged in with programs and like-minded people physically uh, through a physical fitness thing, right? whether it be just exercise, um, move, you know, up and moving, or just somebody to talk to. And the way that they do that is they pair them up with coaches and then we'll pay for a six month gym membership to the, you know, the gym of choice for the veteran so that there's somebody not only is the financial hurdle removed, the coaching hurdle is removed there. They put you in contact with everything that you need um, to get that done. So he's doing great work. Shout out to my man, Phil. I appreciate everything that he's doing there. If you guys are interested in more, I've got the link rolling at the bottom and same with his email. Um, anything that you can do if you are in the fitness space as a personal trainer, dietitian, nutrition, nutritionist, anything like that, shoot Phil an email, uh, info at warriorwad.org. And if you're interested in donating, sponsoring, mentoring, or just volunteering your time, getting a t-shirt, just spreading the message, um, you can go to warriorwad.org and check that out. So um, shout out to my man, Phil. Anyway, you want to talk about fights now? <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that sounds like a fantastic program. I love hearing people do that for other, um, you know, veterans and stuff like that. It's awesome. Yeah. And it's not, I, I, I should preface this by saying, cause I spoke to him locally here. They are nationwide. This is not okay. a, um, he's, he is a, he's a representative of the program here in the what we call the low country um but they are nationwide so you can you know by all means go ahead and check them out and if you don't remember any of this you can always just hit me up on the bird app or shoot me an email and i can send everything over to you there as well okay let's get into some fights man it's been a while since we've had some violence let's go fights i'm tired of watching street beef videos um let's let's kick off the main card i know we do things a little bit different here johnny as i'm sure you're aware 
We mm-hmm. start we start main card and then go prelims and work our way back up. I like so, it. I um, like it. Because most people are interested in the main card, and it's really the D-gens that get into like the latter half of the show and the prelims is where that um, stemmed from. I haven't explained that in a long time. I felt like it was a good time to do so. All right. We got Kareen Silva at 15 and 4, taking on Ketlin Souza at 13 and 3. You're getting Silva to minus 225 and Souza at a plus 190. Over under on rounds is a two and a half. You, sir, guest of the program, I will let you ride first here. Right on. So for this, I like Silva a lot here. I think she's super dangerous. She has great uh, BJJ and submissions. She's not too bad on the feet either. She does have power on the feet. But she's known for her submissions, and she does have good ground and pound when she does get the fight to the mat. Um, Ketlin Souza, she's making her UFC debut. So, um, I mean, she's a good fighter. I think she's a good striker. She's more so a striker, but she can grapple too. So she wants to keep it on the feet, definitely, for sure, for this fight. But I, I'm all Kareem Silva here all the way. I know the money line isn't too enticing at minus 225 for a women's MMA fight. But I kind of like the inside the distance for Silva. I would look at that prop. I'm trying to find it right now and see what it exactly is. If I can, if it's even out. But um, that's one thing I would look at is um, Silva inside the distance or maybe even the under. If I don't know if it's set at two and a half or I'm looking at um, best fight odds and I don't see a lot going on here. But yeah, um, they don't have much right now. They don't have much going on. So um, if under two and a half, I like that for sure too. That's how I would play this one. Uh, I would stay away from the money lines unless you like Souza, but so I like Silva and I like the inside the distance prop, the best out of the bunch. Well, <laughs> I, I'm just going to be honest with you here. You, you know me, and anybody that listens to the show knows me well enough to know there are, there's not a there's only a handful of women on the planet Earth that I think deserve minus two twenty five lines, and Corinne Sylvain one of them. So UFC <laughs> debut or not, uh, Ketlin Souza is getting a little bit of action here now. Um, I, I will say this. I'm a big nickname guy, you know, because I'm all about science here. I'm, I'm, I'm a real, I like, so Corinne is killer. So Corinne, the killer Silva, right? And I know you said Correct. you're half Greek. There's no chance that the other half of you is Brazilian, is it? No, no? it's not. Okay. It is like German, Irish, all that good stuff. <laughs> gotcha. So, so Kellen Souza is Esquintadina. Do you know, do you have any idea what this means? No, I do not, I but do I can not. look it up. I need, I need to know what this is. I need to know what this is. But if it's better than than uh, killer, then it's an automatic win. But no, here's the thing, right? Sousa's big. She's 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 real big. We got some, we have like some equally sized women here. And to be honest with you, plus one ninety women's fight. I just I just lean into it. We last event uh, women's science did not hit, uh, which kind of broke my heart. That that being said, we're due. We're due. The MMA gods will right the ship at some point in time, uh, whether it's the Jin Yu Fry fight or this one. We're going to get some women's plus money action. I'll take that plus 190 money. Ain't no science like about it. it. Um, I'm not going to go then into the ground and pound, this, that, and the other. I will say Silva outside of round one gets interesting because that she she's very explosive, very fast, twitchy in, in round one. Round two and beyond, things might get a little, uh, a little dicey, if you will. So get me, give yep. me that. Give me Souza. Give me Souza here. Plus money for sure. Let's start it out that way. Why not? I like it. So I just looked it up and I'm getting a couple different things. Um, okay. I'm getting um, hottie and I'm also getting a hot head. So I think it could be a combination of both, like just kind of like a spitfire hot head 
one of those, maybe well, a hottie too. I don't know. <laughs> well, um, we're, we're not above objectifying here. And I think we should go with hothead because uh, if it's the other one, somebody's lying to you. Uh, uh, very true. Very true. Of course, you need people like that in your life to gas you up. You know what I mean? You got to have those exactly. people in there. Uh, well, let's talk about getting gassed up here for a second. Tim Elliott's taking on Victor Altamoreno. <laughs> Altamoreno, 12 and 2. Timmy Elliott, 18, 12 and 1. Gosh, I just love that record, man. I love it. That's a professional mixed martial artist record that's competing on a main card. There's Tim's- a couple of records like that on this card. I know. I'm a big fan. Tim Elliott, minus 175. <laughs> Altamoreno, plus 150. Over on rounds at 2.5. I'm going to breeze through this one real quick. We've talked about Tim Elliott last week. Um, those of you that are unaware, there's some high drama in the Tim Elliott life. Um, he put, you know, his, I'm assuming to be now soon, soon to be ex-wife Gina Mazzani on blast on Twitter, uh, for some, uh, alleged extracurricular wrestling practice with Kevin Kroom. And, uh, he's coming into this fight. says so he's looking for a knockout. Now, historically speaking, if you're Tim Elliott, you overperform against guys that are supposed to just run right through you and you underperform against guys you're supposed to run right through. Uh, Another way to put that would be you play down to your competition. Uh, This is an instance like that. I don't necessarily know that we get divorced, Dern, mythical fighter status two weeks in a row. Uh, Tim Elliott has never shown himself to be capable of great violence and tenacity he's more just kind of awkward and weird and just wants to you know and he engages in a fight he never like flicks the like the the gear into like frat bro blackout mode where he's just inconsolably angry so i think it's all pomp and circumstance i think he's going to come down and fight down to victor altamarino's level here um i i'm very nervous for the people that are heavy tim elliott which I know you're not heavy, Tim Elliott, but I know you like him in this spot. So I'm not going to bury your bury the lead for you here. But um, I'm personally just throwing a note of caution out here. This would not be a fight that I play, based on the fact that I don't like I don't like divorces, I don't like kids, I don't like uh, or new kids, I don't like new tattoos, new haircuts, and I don't like revengey style fights like this. So this is this is probably a no play for me. I'd lean Tim Elliott. Go for it. Yeah, I'm on the Tim Elliott train here. I think that little extra motivation is going to give him that little boost. And as you you put it fantastically, like he's one of those fighters where he just doesn't really have that like finishing ability. He's really awkward with his fights. He does little dirty tricks here and there. But I think there's a mission on this fight. And he has all the motivation in the world to do it. He's going to try to get this guy out of there in three rounds. And I mean, Victor Altamirano is very tough, but he's not that great. He's not very technical. He slows down as the fight goes on. So it's one thing with Elliot, though. I think he has good cardio for all three rounds. So even if maybe Elliot does like, you know, kind of look bad in the first round, but Victor slows down, Elliot gets stronger. He gets a little bit, you know, goes into blackout mode, if you want to say maybe. Who knows? Like, this is a crazy fight, but I'm on board. I'm not betting against a man that that had that it happened like stuff like that happened to him. I will never bet against somebody don't want to do it. And I wouldn't. So I'll put my money on him though. That's what I did. Um, I had him with Garam, but that fight got canceled. So it's just going to be a single bet. No big deal. Um, I even before that stuff before I, I liked him to win this fight too. So 
I think I think experience and strength of schedule should pay dividends for him. Here. Yeah, I mean, it really should. You know, Victor hasn't touched anybody or even sniffed the octagon with anybody that's even remotely close to the experience and and strength of schedule that Tim Elliott's had. Um, <laughs> what is? Hold on a second. I just said laptop is restricted mode randomly so i have to watch on a phone they think they finally flagged me for following Dale. well you know th- this is what <laughs> happened this, you know we haven't even started talking about the dicey stuff yet i gotta get i'm i'm keeping there's a beer uh tally that jake's keeping in the back once johnny hits three beers then i'm gonna start asking him some tougher questions so <laughs> uh we'll just ch- shout out everybody else in the chat here grateful dude says trust the science i appreciate you bro and uh saba stopping in say i expect better cappers for the lives though you, you know what <laughs> It it was it was sort of short notice. I only had three weeks to get it ready, and Johnny was available. So here, here I'm we always are. available, right? Uh, <laughs> SD Crusader DJs rise up. What's up, buddy? My man, guy who loves beers here. Uh, shout out to him and his beautiful family. Appreciate you, buddy, for stopping in. Joey was here early, super early. I uh, said, "What's up, boys? How we doing, man?" And then Lou was, you know, uh, hashtag first. He was in here commenting before we even before I was even in the lobby. So love it. Uh, um, so. Blackout frat bro drunk is is uh, or angry rather blackout frat bro angry uh, we, we drunk would be a completely different story True. angry is there anything out there that that like flips a switch you're probably one of the most even killed dudes I think I've seen in the MMA uh, content arena dude you're very mm-hmm. you know either like either you got a really good plug or like you're just kind of chill all the time what's going on yeah with I mean. I just, you know, I like being chill. Like, there's no point of getting super mad or super, you know, sad or anything. Like, what's that going to get you? It's going to get you nowhere. So just have fun with life. I mean, I will tell you one thing. If something like that happened to me, might flip a switch. I'll tell you that. (laughs) We're not putting that in the ether, bro. We're not putting that out. No, 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 no. No, we're knocking on the desk for that one. So Mm -hmm. was there a time in your life when you were like that, though? Because I was always very angry. And then as I've gotten older, I've chilled big time. So I'm going to be really boring. And I'm going to say, no, I'm, I've always been like this. I've always been like super chill and like calm. And I'm not really crazy. I mean, there's been times where I would got mad, but I mean, not to the point where I'm like, you know, smashing windows or crazy frat boy stuff. You know what I mean? You're not putting a hole in the wall after chugging a monster. No, (laughs) I'm, I guess I'm, I'm going to be boring. I'll be honest. No, it's it's not me. (laughs) I, I, I envy you even killed dudes. Uh, myself, uh, I, I've, I'm slowly getting there through a lot of work, and then I'll just put producer Jake on Front Street. Producer Jake's a rage monster. I mean, he it really just see see how mad he got when I said that. He about crushed that beer can in the back. He was getting he was he was getting. Uh, but no, no, pr- producer Jake's a you know uh, he's producer Jake is a fiery individual, right? Very passionate about the things he's passionate about. Yeah, hothead. Uh, no, no, not at all. What's he's, it called again? Oh, Esquandanihina uh, or whatever it is. Yeah, <laughs> change his nickname. He's gonna write. He's gonna write a shut up and do something else in the uh, in the in the comments. I can already see the private chat going. All right, let's keep it moving right along here. Producer Jake, I love you, man. Please don't quit mid show. Jim Miller taking on Jared Gordon. Jared Gordon at nineteen and six. Jim Miller thirty five and seventeen. Man, I love Jim A. Ten Miller here. Uh, Jerry Gordon's at the minus one eighty. Jim Miller plus one fifty five. Over under on rounds is at two and a half. Johnny, who do you have here? So I will say this: if Jared Gordon didn't recently just get knocked out from that headbutt, um, and also he's taking this fight on super short notice, and it's like a month. This happened a month ago. The knockout, 
and he's already a little bit chinny. So Jim Miller is as tough as they come. I know he's a little bit older. He's like 39 years old. But I like Jim Miller in the underdog spot here. I think he can get the knockout here, maybe in the first or second round. And if not, this fight goes the distance. Jared Gordon slows down in the third round again. You saw it happen in the Patty Pimblett fight. He was basically just holding him up against the cage. That's why he probably didn't get the win, even though he should have won. But Jim Miller, I mean, he was getting pieced up the first couple rounds against Alex Hernandez, and he almost got a submission win in the third round. I mean, he was like this close to getting that win. So... I like Miller. He's going to fight for your money if he's a good underdog to back this card. And um, I think he gets the knockout. I think he gets it in the second round. And I like that knockout prop too. Yeah. I, well, this is, we're, we're big, we're big uh, Jim Miller stands here. So I'm, I'm, I won't go against my man, a 10. Um, but my concern with him going into the Hernandez fight and now rings true after, because just full disclosure, he got, he got, he got the crap kicked out of him in that fight. Mm-hmm. I mean, my my concern with the Hernandez fight and now the the with this fight is at what point is he going to flip the Donald Cerrone switch? And what I mean by that is there re, there was a point in Cerrone's career somewhere around the Connor fight where it was easier to just say it's not my night tonight and kind of check out. And I'm not saying like he quit, but like there were nights where Cerrone knew it wasn't going to be his night. And then he would just be like, all right. Yeah. And then we're just kind of, we're done here. You know what I mean? And he just kind of, yeah. it's kind of rolls out. Um, and we'll talk about that later on with Andre Arlovsky as well, because you, you kind of live the fight another day, right? You got a couple more, you got a couple more fights in the contract. You, you got there, you made your 75, your 85, 105, whatever it was, your show money. And then, you know, you just kind of you, you live the fight another day, right? You get these bigger, stronger, faster, younger kids in there, and bro, they're coming in there to remove your head from your shoulders. Now, Jared Gordon is not that guy. He's not that guy, yeah. pal. But I wonder um, at what point Jim Miller flips the switch, right? Like, yeah. I know he wants to make it to UFC 300. As of right now, it looks like he's going to do exactly that. But if Jared Gordon can come out there and put like a grinder, heavy wrestling, drag you down deep water, pepper punch you kind of bullshit style performance on him. I mean, at what point, like in round threes, he's going to be like, oh my gosh, stop holding me, you know? And then we're just, we're done here. We're not going to fight for positions anymore. We're just going to accept, accept, you know, bottom position. Is that something that we're going to see? I don't know if we're there yet, but that was my concern with Alexander Hernandez. And he fought and he he showed true real grit in that fight because he was getting, your words, pieced up. And he was still going for subs at the very end. I'm just hoping now 39-year-old Lyme disease riddled Jim Miller isn't going. I Even when I was trying my best to dig deep, it wasn't good enough. So now I'm just going to go out there and I hope I win. Yeah. I hope that's, that's always- not the case. That's always something to worry about. I tell you that any, any fighter that's like, you know, 36, 37 and up, you always, I always think about that. I'm like, are they finally going to flip the switch? Are they going to like, is this the fight where they're going to look their age? If you want to say, and this could be it, but I'm, I don't think so. I think this is, I think he's still going strong. Like he, the last fight, like you said, it really proved to me that he still wants to be in there. He still wants to fight and um, he's not going to just give up and, call it a day and he was bleeding the whole fight too and he yeah. didn't care yeah so i love that love that about him though i will i will always bet on jim miller because he will fight for your money there is no doubt about that so um i i will continue to bet on him until i see him flip the switch yeah once exactly he, once that cerrone's flip 
get switch gets flipped, then uh, we're we're on the we're on the Miller fade train. But as of Correct. right now, he shows that he still has it. I don't think Jared Gordon should be a favorite over just about anybody in the division. I really I don't like his skill set. I don't like his output. He's just not, he's not it for me. So give me yeah. give me some A ten action here plus one fifty five. I'm I'm all yeah. about it. I love it. All about it. All right. Co-main event. This is very weird, but it's the age of the apex, so it's a thing that's happening. Alex Caceres is twenty and thirteen, taking on Daniel Pineda at twenty-eight and fourteen. Very similar schedule, uh, not schedule, but record for these gentlemen, uh, both with some lengthy careers. Alex Caceres at a minus one eighty, Daniel Pineda at plus one fifty-five over and around is at one and a half. How do you feel about this? Mm. It's a tricky fight. Um, I ended up just going with the more dangerous fighter that I think is, and I think it's Pineda. Uh, I think he's super crazy aggressive in the first round. He does have good striking. He has power in his hands. He's a very, very, very good grappler with very, very, very good submissions. And, and Caceres has been submitted like seven times in his career. So if this fight gets to the mat early, I'd be worried if you're a Caceres backer. But if this fight gets passed around and a half, though, you should be in the clear because that's when Pineda starts slowing down. And he likes to give up sometimes and say, you know what? It's not my night. I didn't get it done in the first half around or whatever, around and a half. So I'm going to kind of dial it in and call it a day because he's only been to decision like five times in his career and he lost them all. So I think the under is a great spot, the under one and a half. And if you want to throw the under two and a half in a parlay, I think that's going to be another great spot as well. I don't see this fight go into di- the distance, but I'm going to go with Pineda to get the submission in like maybe the first round or early second because that's about all the cardio he has. <laughs> yeah. I, tell me if I mean you're familiar with um you're f- you're familiar with like Mandela effect style stuff, right? Yeah. Okay. Does it seem weird? Like that two years ago, Alex Caceres was on a five fight win streak. Um, I mean, if you not really, really the biggest Alex Caceres fan, I'm not either. Well, and I say that from he's that great. (laughs) Well, I say it from a position of negativity because I feel like I've been watching Alex Caceres do the win one, lose one game for Mm -hmm. like for like a decade now. And it, I know that he put together a little streak, and I thought, well, dude, that was a lifetime ago. That was like 18 months ago. He yeah, had a five fight win streak that was snapped. I feel like all I've ever seen Alex Caceres do is lose, mm-hmm. and then he comes back and you know beats Julian Rosa, who, if we're just gonna be honest about Juicy J, we 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 need to have a real. Uh, I love you style talk about my man Juicy J. It might be time, even though you're young. I mean, dude, you chin is not giving him any favors. That's what I'm saying. Dude, you can get the, you can get your real estate license. You can go. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff that you can do. Start a gym. Start a gym. uh, Do some coaching. Help get a podcast. Everybody's got one of those. I've heard. You can always start a podcast. Uh, YouTube channels. I heard are profitable. If you're, if you're not us, if you're about hundred thousand <laughs> subscribers, you can maybe get like two thousand a month. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, all of these things are available. If you're Juicy J, um, I would not be lured into the idea of Alex Caceres coming off of a weird head kick knockout over Juicy J into thinking that he is somehow. Uh, better than he he really is. Yes, the experience is akin to Pineda, but 
I think Pineda is more dangerous. I think he's the more dangerous guy. He carries more knockout power. I think he's got better submissions than Alex. Now, if you want to, if if this is a contest to see who embodies the mixed martial art, the martial artist way more than than you know of these two guys, then I'm sure Caceres is your guy, right? I mean, but mm-hmm. but that this this ain't that. This is about violence and who is able to dish it out more. If Caceres wins, I think he drags it. It's it's latter half of round two, round three, when Pineda is exhausted from trying to murder him for the first seven and a half minutes of this fight. Yep. If it's not that, then it's Pineda by violence in some, some way, shape, or form in the first round and a half of this fight. Um, so I'm on Pineda here plus money. I know it's we're five fights in. I've said plus money three times now. Um, so or we're four, yeah, four fights in. I've said it three times, and I, I, I'm almost want to go on Alta Moreno as well. But there will, I will go with Tim Elliott there. But anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm on Pineda here as well, dude. I like that you're on that side. I was worried. Yeah, for I, I would just play the Pineda inside a distance because, like I said, he's never won a decision. So yeah. you may as well play inside the distance if you think he's going to win. Sure. Yeah, I like that. All right, main event of the evening: Kaikar France taking on Amir Albazi. Albazi sixteen and one KKF. Kaikar France, 24 and 10. The world's most angry 12-year-old Kaikar France. Um, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about Amir Albazi in this spot? I think he's really good. He's a very good fighter, and he's very dangerous. But if you really look back at his last three, four fights, ooh, not good. Like, he's fighting bottom tier flyweights and he's ranked i mean he's ranked number seven now i mean how did he get up that high beating these lower ranked guys that probably weren't even ranked at the time for sure but i don't want to take anything away from him he's very good but he this is definitely going to be the, the hardest fight for him for sure and kaikar france is no joke he has very good takedown defense he's got very good uh defensive uh grappling and submissions so he already shown us that in multiple fights that he can survive if he gets taken down. And I think he's the better striker, even though it's going to be a little bit close on the feet. I do like him a little bit more on the feet, though. And um, I think if he can get this fight in the championship rounds, I do think he can be able to pull this off by decision. I don't see a knockout from him or anything, but I think Albazi's way to win is to get some kind of finish. I mean, it's, it's possible. I'm not saying Kaikara France is the... Um, most durable, but it's going to be tough. He's a tough guy to gather no matter what. So I'm going to go with Kaikara France. I just like his strength of schedule. He has the experience and I like him a little bit better on the feet. And we've never seen an Albazi outside the second round, I think in the UFC. So we don't know how his cardio is going to hold up. He's beating all these lower level guys like he should at least, but this like Kaikara France is a different guy, but I, I mean, Maybe Albazi is the real deal. I still think he's a very, very good fighter, but I just think this might be a little bit of a step up in competition a little bit too soon, if you want to say, but we'll see. You're a, uh, you're a connoisseur of the, of the MMA content universe. What do you feel if you had to pretend, just pretend you're somebody else for a moment, if you can, what do you think, the buzz will be about Albazi towards Kai Car France. This like what's every like everybody always has like some take that they think is real. Like this is a really hot take. This is an angle that you should really look at. What do you feel like it is for this fight? 
what do you think everybody is going to say or everybody is saying? That's a good question. I think I'll, I think that it's it's really split from everything that I've seen on YouTube. Either they like Kaikar or France, like I said, with the good takedown defense, and then he can keep it on the feet, and that's where he's going to win. Or I've seen people like I like Albazi. He's he's dangerous. He's really like he's has very good grappling. He can get a submission off, like he can jump on his back, this and that. So to me, I just feel like the Albazi side's more finish dependent. And I think my Carl France is more like decision, stay safe. And that's the sides that I'm seeing. But um, yeah, it, it's, it's 50-50. Like I see people on both sides and that's why the lines literally um, pick them. I like, so I like where you're at here because this is what, so I try very hard. I, for a long time, I would, I would try, I would listen to everybody's stuff. Right. And then we would record on Tuesdays and then by then, like Anakin Florian and some other people had already put content out. And I realized I'm like, I'm like not doing my show. I'm like talking like John Anik as opposed to doing my show. And I hate mm-hmm. stealing other people's stuff. So I've made a real effort to not. That's why I like that you do your stuff on Thursdays because then I can watch it. And you don't mess with mm-hmm. any, of my, any of my stuff. But like <laughs> Cody and Patrick and all these people that put their stuff out super early in the week. It's like I can't I'll, I can't watch your stuff until after the fact. But anyway. If I'm on Albazi, I think it's by sub, which is what I would imagine what you're saying people are on him because because yeah. the sub thing. Um, and then obviously Kaikar France by decision isn't some crazy take. I mean, the guy has won, you know, over half of his fights by um by decision. I mean, that's usually the way he goes. Even though they don't blink, it's it's almost like you can take naps when he fights. He's not finishing anything, he can barely finish yeah. a meal. He's a fucking flyweight. Um, but I, I, if you're on the Albazi side, I like what you said. It's finish dependent, and it, it really is. We don't know. We don't know where it came. You know, we, we don't know what it looks like outside of that. But I will say this: um, his loss is to you know Jose Torres, who not exactly Northwest Indiana, but he's a he's a Chicago guy. Um, and fun fact about the one guy who's ever beaten Amir Albazi: the very the very first fighter I ever interviewed in my entire life was Jose Shorty Torres, um, the very first one. And he was an Olympic alternate and trained with Khabib out in Dagestan, um, you know, prior to coming to the UFC. I don't think, like, that's not the level of guys that Albazi has faced in the UFC. I say all that to say this, it's not the level of guys that he's fought. Now, a couple of, if I'm not mistaken, were short notice. So yeah, his last one for sure. Yeah. Short notice, low level dudes, strength of schedule is on Kai Car France here. Now um, the jury is out on Car France as to whether or not he shits the bed whenever the lights are the brightest. I'd be, I'm interested to see what he looks like in a main event spot here. So, um, cause last time when we saw him in title fight, that liver kick shut him down. So that was it yeah. for that. Um, I'm on Kai car France here, but ever so slightly, I honestly just like the inside the distance play, albeit very chalky. Um, I, I just like this fight does not go to decision. And then I also like fight does not start round four. I want to buy myself the extra two and a half minutes in round three. So, um, I'm toying with the over under being at three and a half, but I like fight no start round four fight okay. no start round four so i actually like if it's set up if it's set at three and a half i do like the over three and a half a lot i thought it'd be four and a half to be honest yeah i think i think i think you're depending well i think the book sees what you see right albazi yeah. is finished dependent and kai car france 
um, won't necessarily finish, but because Albazi is so finish dependent, he's going to put himself in a bad spot at some point in time. Yeah. Don't blink. Ooh, ooh, it might end. <laughs> Such a stupid. <laughs> what a dumb nickname. Anyway, and look, here's the other thing too. His, his little like antic when he's like is hilarious though. When he like. <laughs> okay, let's talk about that for a second. Okay, <laughs> let's get you in some trouble here. Oh. So, well, no. So here isn't that. What's the? Um, this is where the all, all the Oceana people get so mad because I get all of, I get everything mixed up and I I apologize. It's is it Paul? It's not Polynesian. Is it Tongan? Is it Tongan that do the tongue? Is that? I will take so your we, word for it. Okay. <laughs> In, Sounds right though. Right. Well, th- so this is where you pl- you play the book by the cover thing, right? Like him and Shane Young, like to be honest, they look like white dudes. And those are not the type of dudes that you normally associate doing the the haka, the like those aren't the dudes that you normally associate doing that. So I want to know. This is always something I've wondered. I'm, I'm gonna be dead. This is this is we're in the trust tree here. Real talk. This is real talk. Uh like did they view that as like like cultural appropriation? Like who it like this does he get a pass? Like as a white dude, is that is that their version of the pass? Like if you do the like, is that is that the pass? You know, maybe because I it's different over there, man. Like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know personally, but it just seems like it's more accepting over there because they're more probably like together. If you want to say, John, than, you're at the like edge, here. man. Walk over here. You're over. You're at the edge. Take the step, bro. What are you talking? About? What do you mean? I'm still on my first beer. <laughs> <laughs> all right well maybe it maybe it is maybe it isn't if we could get some oceana people to weigh in on that i'd i would that'd be I'd fantastic like, i would I, love it i would love to hear i would like to know i would like to know you know who you know who would know this daz would know daz would know. Daz, daz would know where daz, is he at although i will say this daz let me down um because i was i was interested about kangaroo knees did you hear pat and i talking about how many knees kangaroos have Mm-mm. i want to know how many knees kangaroos have i'm just gonna be honest with you because kangaroos are the only five-legged mammal on earth but how many knees do they have because they're well i don't know because these things up here are considered legs so would those would be knees not elbows but they do they use their front uh, arms for like running not for running, they were just but for like to do the like the lean forward thing to move the oh yeah well i wouldn't consider then that's not a knee it's an elbow but it's considered it's a leg. It's a leg. It's not an arm. It's an arm. It's an arm. Mm. So so they're five legs with four knees. Is is the uh I would say two. I would say two as well, but then we're just going by uh we're going by all right. here. So well, at least we agree on that. Now you know. See, now you know. Now you the know. more you know. The more you know, bro. <laughs> the only uh <laughs> see, I like the uh nickel says arm <laughs> perfect it's, it's an arm i don't know it's the only it's the only mammal with five five legs so there is that um all right here we go we've got <clears throat> excuse me first fight of the prelims maxime grishin taking on philippe Linz. Linz at 16 and 5 maxime grishin at 32 9 and 2 i'm gonna kick this off for you here i'm on the maxime grishin hype train I like him at the minus money spot. Um, I ever since Philippe Lins came over from PFL, I was like, "Oh, Philippe Lins, he's that dude. He's going to come over and do everything." Now, it, unless he's on the sauce, Philippe Lins is not. I, I'm he's not. 
And you can show me all the videos and all the pictures you want where he's first team all wide body with the six pack and the, and the boulder shoulders and all this other stuff. Until he shows up and looks like that on fight night, I don't believe that he actually looks like that because he can look shredded after a workout when he just dropped 15 pounds in water weight being all sweaty. But then when he goes and drinks that Gatorade Zero and bloats back up again, he don't look like that anymore. So until that guy shows up, I'm not betting on him. Now, that being said, I have a lot of experience with Maxine Grishin because Maxine Grishin cost me a lot of money way back in the day in the freaking PFL when he beat my man Jordan Johnson, who I, I'm just so freaking mad about. <laughs> Still, I haven't thought about that at all, if you can't tell. Um, which, shout out to Jordan Johnson. Talk about a guy who got his real estate license. He was selling hot dogs for a while, too, after he quit fighting. Anyway, um, he beat my man Jordan. Maxim Grishin is very smart. He fights in his lane. He doesn't do anything stupid. Even if it means like when he has to take a risk to, to win a fight, he won't do it. He like he is robotic in his approach to the game in the sense that he will just literally come out and give you that workmanlike nine to five reliable pickup truck performance. Give me Maxim Grishin here at minus one, uh minus one twenty-eight. I like him in the spot. Philippe Linz, like I said, unless he's juiced to the gills. He's not winning any fights. He's going to come out and kickbox Maxine. That's fine. Grishin will just literally push him up against the cage and drag him into deep water and hold on him and make him carry that weight. Um, talking about a dude that fought a lot of his career at heavyweight. So this 205 thing, he feels long, limber, but he's got the strength of a heavyweight man. Yeah, I'm on the Grishin side as well. I see a lot of people on lens, and I, I get it to a certain point, but... I mean, we can't just say that Linz is the most technical of guys. Yeah, he might have the better grappling in this matchup, but does he use it anymore? Not really. He had to use it a little bit against Procneo. Procneo, I'm sorry, but uh, those guys were gassed out in you know the third minute of the first round, so they had to do something. They couldn't throw any more punches. So, and then you know he won against OSP, which that's it's like saying you beat Jason Witt, like. That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Sorry, Jason, if you're what if you're listening. Um, but yeah, I think uh, Maxim, I'm, very good technical striking. He always throws good jabs and straights, good kickboxer, good leg kicks. Linz is just more of a wild and crazy. I'm going to try to brawl and knock you out in the first couple minutes. And if I don't, then he's in trouble. Like, what's he going to do? Because like you said, Maxim is very patient. He can weather the storm and then he can pick you apart for three rounds or get a knockout. So I like Grishin a lot, and I'm just waiting for this line because I didn't like it at first. It was like minus 180 or so. Yes. I saw a lot of people jumping on Linz at like plus 150, 140, 130, all the way down to like plus 115 where it's at, or maybe even lower. Um, but I'm going to watch it. I think more money is going to come in on Linz. I think that's like the Twitter underdog of the week, and mm. I might jump on it if it gets really close to a pick It's close right now, and I'm really tempted but I'm going to I'm gonna try to hold off a couple more days and see where it's at, though. But I like Grishin to win. I'll say by knockout. Yeah, I, I like I like Grishin here. I And to go back to what we talked about with the Cerrone, the Cerrone switch, Philippe Linz will check out of a fight, too. I don't mm -hmm. – I he'll – listen, I go on my way, I'll, I'm out. Also, any person that's fought Marcin Pracniao, um, you have to take that fight with a grain of salt because you, there isn't enough money on earth to convince me that Pracniao and William Knight, that fight wasn't – that wasn't a fixed fight. That – 
Don't even start that fight. That fight was insane. I mean, I'll say I'll say the quiet part. Straight up. That, that was a fixed fight. Straight that was. Up. That was a fixed fight. You nobody on earth can convince me otherwise. That wasn't a fixed fight. I just don't understand where William was where his head was. Like I mean, it just he just didn't do anything. Like nothing. Well, didn't he say after the fight that seven seven family members died within six months or throughout the course of his training camp? He had like oh, I didn't hear that seven. part. There was something where it was like seven or nine. It was it was a wild number. It was like seven, eight, nine. It was nearly damn double yeah. digits. He said like in the last six months or nine months, the training camp leading up to that fight that they died grandparents and cousins and nieces and nephews. Uh, not not dubious, like it was like in a plane crash or something, but just you know all kinds of weird stuff. The way people, uh, you know, the, the way the way people, you know, like decide. he shouldn't have been fighting if that was the case. Exactly, like, exactly. It, that was insane. Like I felt it was like the most awkward fight to watch. I, I, I'm just like trying to remember. I was I'm just like, I don't even want to watch the rest of this. Like this is just nothing. Like no one's doing nothing. It's all leg kicks that Marcin's doing and no one's trying to win the fight. Like I would just call it a draw and get him out of there and kick them both out of the UFC. Wait a second. Hold on. I saw what I saw Knight lose at a local MMA event a few weeks ago. So underwhelming. Ooh. So they, well, I knew that they, they, so they cut him and he, he's already competing again. That just that quick. Did he throw more than six punches? Yeah. Nichols wants to know. He's asking the questions you're asking. Did he throw any? <laughs> I didn't see that. Uh, yeah. Um, no. So, I mean, you watch that fight and we'll, we'll, we'll move on past this here, but you watch that fight and it's, it's literally like they had a discussion in the back. Somebody had a discussion, right? They gave them the the book on how this was going to play out, right? Like, you know, over one and a half and Prachniao wins. Let's try to keep it inside the distance, make it believable, if you will, or we're going to go, or we're going to go to decision, whatever the case may be. Um, you know, you guys decide once you get in there. And Knight goes out there and literally just freeze frames, takes all the leg kicks, right? And then when he was getting hit, it was almost like he was reacting, like he was going to try to sell it more than he was, than what was happening. And then when Prakniao, like towards the end of round one, into round two, like they had to, like, you know, if the script was for them to make it to decision, it was like he was getting mad when Prakniao was like throwing potential fight ending thing like the high kicks or the flurries of punches against the thing. He would like, look at him like, what, what are you like? What, why are you, why are you trying to do this to me? They're like, bro, you can't convince me. This ain't this. Uh, That's true. Yeah. I'll have to go back and watch it and relive the awkwardness of that fight. Cause. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, shout out Patrick Patrick saying here. What's up, buddy. What's going what up, on? Patty? What's going on, man. And then, uh, Matty T and here's some fellas long time no live for Toby. Listen, I'm gonna talk about my, my man Tobler here for a second because he got me on something. I need to talk to you about this, right? Because I see you're drinking beer, and okay. um, you know, you and I are of similar ages. Um, so Tobler and a, and a few other guys have been pushing this. I, I don't know if I'm saying it right or not. Kefir, Kefir, Kefir on me, which okay. is like so so. The, the big push is this microbiome. Are you familiar with these terms? If I'm if I if I'm already breezing past, let me know. That the first word kefir kind of sounds familiar, but I'm not a hundred percent. I don't know what you're talking about. Hundred okay. percent, maybe, maybe I do. All right, so 
Um, I'm sure you've seen me retweet it, but there's another podcast I listen to called the War Horse Podcast. And um, shout out to my man, Andrew Edwards. And uh, Tobler, they're all big on this whole microbiome thing. Basically, all the bacteria in your gut and on your body and all this stuff is basically what keeps you alive and can turn you into superhuman. As you know, I've said the last few times, this last year, I've been sick more than I've ever been in my entire life. Well, Tobler, you know, comes up to me and he's like, you got your your guts all screwed up. You got to get your gut bacteria in order, which makes no sense to me. Bacteria, why would I want any of this other, you know, but you can buy a kefir, which is like, like basically milk slash yogurt that's infused with bacteria already, but it's supposed to be the good bacteria. And it's supposed to help regulate your stomach and get your whole system back in order. So I've been drinking this stuff for like two weeks now. Um, It makes me really gassy. I just just got at the grocery store. Just go into the dairy section. It's just chilling, man. Just it's just right there. So okay, um, I'll check it out. I mean, if you can drink yo like sour yogurt, this is for you. It's not uh, that's bro, tough. It, it ain't great, but you know, I'm be honest. In my life, this is not the worst thing I've ever had to drink. So, you know, <laughs> so I ain't scared. You know what I mean? Fair enough. Fair enough. But um, yeah. So we'll see if it we'll, we'll see if it plays out a little bit. But um, I went out for uh, had some margaritas last night, and okay. uh, I had a lot of margaritas last night, and then this morning decided to do my old kefir you know, glass and bro, tequila and lime and uncultured milk. When I tell you my stomach has been a nightmare today, trust and believe that my stomach has been a nightmare all day today. Um, so I think, I think it, I think it, um, forces some lifestyle changes on you. So I don't think tequila, as long as I'm on the kefir regimen, I don't know if tequila is in the, in the works for your boy anymore. Yeah, I'm not a big tequila guy. I'm more of a bourbon guy. I'm been, but yeah, yeah, it's because you win more bets than I do. So I need the cheap Mexican tequila. You can <laughs> you can afford you can afford the bourbon, bro. I ain't got that kind of budget. Just enough, just enough to get that bourbon. That's all I get. Yeah. That's all my money's gone. Yeah, I don't even. I can't. I don't even. I can't even do Cuervo anymore. I ain't no Jose Cuervo, man. I got. <laughs> I got I got his cousin Rogerio Gonzalez. That's that's Raul Cuervo. Raul Raul Cuervo. Uh, yeah, and then he says kombucha is the bombest, dude. I can't do kombucha. I'll drink I'll drink the yogurt. I can't do kombucha. That's like vinegar, man. I can't do it. Have you had any of this stuff? Do you know any of these? I've had kombucha. It's it's I. It's I. I'm not the big. I'm not the biggest fan of it either. That's not it. That's not it for me. It's All almost right. like a, it's like Uzo. Oh, you yeah. You ever had Uzo? Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. you like black licorice, it's right up your alley. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uzo and then um, absinthe as well as black licorice. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I can't, man. Oh, back when my grandparents were alive, still, we had a camp. I'm just story time real quick. We had a camp. Yeah. Uh, they had a camp, a hunting camp out in the mountains of Pennsylvania. And uh, I went there with my one military buddy, shout out Brian, and uh, him and I drank an entire bottle of absinthe together. Now, this is the heart of black bear country. And we're up there and we drank an entire bottle of absinthe. And then my grandparents, they had a like a, a spring came out of the mountain that they were on. It was like a mile down the road. But we didn't know in what direction. So him and I are literally wandering around in the woods in black bear country, a bottle of absinthe deep between the two of us wandering around looking for a uh 
looking for a spring in the side of a mountain uh, so we could get some ice cold spring water to drink. We did end up finding it though. Uh, we did find it and uh, we did drink from the, the mother's teat and it was, it was wonderful, man. It was good. It's good times. So sounds amazing. Huh. Yeah, if you've never done it, if you've never gotten hammered and walked around the woods in uh, bear country, you should do it. All right, let's get on. Dangerous, to very dangerous. <laughs> Luan Lacerda at 12 and 2, taking on DeMond Blackshear at 12, 5 and 1. Blackshear is the underdog here. And uh, we're getting Lacerda back at the plus 148, 150 mark. Over on around two and a half. Where do you land on this one? So this is another close fight for me. I think both guys are really good. They're really good grapplers. Uh, both are dangerous on the mat. But I think where the fight is going to take place, actually, in this fight, is going to be on the feet. I think both guys are going to respect each other's grappling and wrestling. And I think it's going to play out on the feet. Unless someone gets hurt or, or in trouble or anything like that, they might shoot for a takedown. But I ever so slightly lean Lacerda here. I like his striking a little bit more. Mm. I think he throws a little bit more volume. And I know he can be a little wild at times, a little too aggressive, so he can be, be countered and stuff like that. But I don't think Blackshear is like super, you know, pow has all like the knockout shot. So I don't think anything crazy is going to happen on the feet. It would be interesting to see them grapple, but I just feel like it's not going to go to the mat at all. For some reason, it's going to be like they're both going to respect each other. And then there's going to be a striking fight. Well, like when two wrestlers fight, you know, it's just going to be a striking fight instead. And when you, when you think you're going to see all this wrestling and it's not. But if that's the case, though, I like Lacerda. I think this is a very close fight. I'm not betting this fight one way or another. Um, but I think uh, it's so close, though. It's so close. I, I don't even know what else to say because I was going back and forth on this one a lot. But I'm just going to ever so slightly lean Lacerda. Yeah. I'm on the opposite side of this. I lean, I lean Blackshear here, and I was on him against this fight against Basharat. I, th I thought, you know, he'd come in, put in that gritty, dogged performance, which he did. Mm -hmm. um, he did. I don't, I don't think the judges respected the effort the way that they should with the scorecards. But I digress. I'm not advocating that he won the fight. I just thought the cards were a little disrespectful. Anyway, um, I think he comes in, and I, I agree with the assessment that it'll be standing. But I think that's for round one. I think round one, it's standing. I think. I think if you're Blackshear, the idea that you approach this is, is you want to wear some of the danger out of Lacerda. You want to work him into a lather. You want to get him punching. You want to try to get a, a, a feel for his timing. And then once you're slippery enough, once he's slippery enough, once you know that he doesn't have the strength of a thousand suns as far as squeezes go, then you start timing those overhands and you're shooting, you're shooting for shots and you're, you're trying to, you're, you're timing your entries and you're looking for single and double legs to try to get them up against the cage and then drag them down, move into, you know, take the back mat return and you, you want to wear him down in round two. And then in round three, you want to make him desperate. So that way you can get a more dominant position, potentially put him on his back and then just, you know, I don't want to say hold him, but be in the driver's seat, if you will. I don't see this fight mm -hmm. finishing. Um, if you're if you're on the finishing side, I, I would I would lean Lacerda. But I think Blackshear comes out and he just puts on a gritty, dogged. You know, I think it'll be wrestle heavy. I'm pushing yeah. back on the stand up, but I think it's wrestle okay. heavy from round two and beyond. Um, okay, I, th I think round one, he, his idea is going to be get the timing. See what the entries are. See, you know, get the get the distance, and then in round two and three, we we pick it up and ramp it into the uh, into the grappling approach. So, yeah, yeah, it, I do like the over two and a half in this fight, though. Both guys are super tough. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And they have cardio for three rounds too. They're not going to give up or anything like that. Yeah, 
All right, Jinyu Fry at 11 and 8, taking on Elise Reed at 6 and 3. Jinyu Fry, even money, Elise Reed minus 110. Uh, I will watch this and see where it ends. And then wherever the underdog money lies after weigh ins, that's where I'll end up. So uh, I have a feeling. This line will move away and Jin uh, will become more of a dog. So I'm I'm preemptively just going to go ahead and put it right there. Jin Yu Fry, unless she's getting knocked out, fights in a style that's very hard for judges to score, which puts her in a position to potentially win split decisions. She doesn't finish anybody. She's literally going to be there. And then we're, we're ca- we have basically the judges potentially working um, with us as well. And at Fry, Frey, I'm not sure how you say it, but... Um, Punchless curse be damned. She did stand me up for an interview one time, but son, oh my god! In her defense, it was Fight Island. We couldn't get the time right. Um, and okay, I don't know if it's her manager. I mean, maybe I don't know if he's still her manager or not. But the uh, her manager, little space cadetti too. So um, you know, it might not have all been her fault. But anyway, uh, punchless curse be damned. She's won since then. So Jinyu Frey, Fry. Plus money, make it happen. I'm in there. I'm going to go with Frey as well. Mm. I'm not confident whatsoever. I know there's a lot of people on Reed, but I do not like what I see from Reed in any of her fights. And yeah. the one weakness that she has, and it's and she's really bad at it, is takedown defense. And anything when she's on her back, she cannot get up. She gets finished every time. And I honestly think if Frey can just shoot a takedown, I think she could win this fight and even get a finish. But she's going to have to do that. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Right. And she's done it before. She just hasn't done it lately. Yeah. But if this is going to be a stand-up fight, it's going to be super close. And it's probably going to go on the read side. But I'm just going with, like you say, MMA women's MMA math. You always just pick the underdog. Why not? It's this is such a close fight, and I don't I'm not gonna bet it whatsoever. So I'm gonna go with Prey. I just think if she can get this fight to the mat, she's gonna have a better shot to win. And Reese or, or Elise isn't gonna do it. So right. So let, let me ask you this. We we've we've been talking about uh we've been talking about the mental thing. We've 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 mentioned age a lot, which is not the way where I thought this was gonna go. But Jin just turned 38 years old, mm-hmm. right? She's no lost problem. She's lost two in a row Um, as just just not even from an aggression standpoint, but just men to men here. And I don't think there's any ladies that listen to the show anymore. Um, As you get older, things just slow down. Shit that used to to fire you up doesn't always necessarily fire you up anymore. And I wonder what level of aggression a 38 year old woman losing two in a row. Um, who still works for a full-time job outside of being a fighter, by the way. Jin is a nurse. So, um, you know, you're you're living that nurse life. Then you're going to the gym and training. You're 38. The success that you realize that Invicta and other promotions has not translated to the UFC. Are we going to hit that second gear? Like, are we going to hit, are we going to drop this thing down and, and go pedal to the floor here? I don't necessarily know that she can. I just think that Elise Reed isn't very good. Um, so I was going to say, I am going to counter you with this. I don't think Elise Reed is UFC material. <laughs> I don't think Elise Reed's very good. Yes. So I think the loser of this fight 
is uh is probably looking for probably opening up a roster spot. Yeah. I would say Frey more so. Yeah, probably. Because yeah. Reed Reed has been going win loss win loss, but man, I mean, he should I'm surprised she beat Corey McKenna. But Corey McKenna froze for the first two rounds, then she figured out, "Oh, this is what I need. I forgot I was fighting." <laughs> Reese didn't that fight beat was McKenna. Crazy. Reese didn't beat McKenna. McKenna beat McKenna. The world's yeah. worst game plan in the history of MMA, women's MMA, um, yep. outside of Katz and Gano versus Ronda Rousey. The worst game plan we've seen was Corey McKenna versus Elise Reed. Yeah, that was bad. So, I, I mean, it's a win for her, but if, this fight, if that fight was ran back 100 times, Reed would only win maybe one other time. Like, there's just no way. I'm willing to have Jin lose here if that means that Esconda Hinai Hothead wins. I'm 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 willing to sacrifice. I'm willing to That's sacrifice right. Jin Yufrai. So, I'm like willing, it. I'm willing to let it go. I'll, I'll, no bets I'll, for me this fight though. I'm staying far away. Yeah, I don't blame you. Uh, I think we have a potential pe- people's main event here. If I'm being honest, Daniel Santos versus Johnny Munoz Jr. I know this one got pushed, uh, but if you're looking on a card outside like that's this. Uh, you know, we're talking about like late notice replacements and things, things of that nature. There's not a whole lot of like fights that are really worth getting super amped up about right now. Um, with maybe the easy to Santos fight that we have yet to talk about. But Daniel Santos taking on Johnny Munoz. Munoz at 12 and 2, Santos at 10 and 2. How do you how do you land? Like, how did you how did you land previously? And has anything changed since then? Well, previously I really, really, really liked. Santos. I just think he's the better fighter everywhere. I like his striking. I think he's more dangerous. I think he's more dangerous in the submission game too. But then he withdrew for some kind of injury. I don't know what kind of injury. And then, so now I'm only like a little bit confident, not as confident before because I was going to bet Santos that I went the first time around, but not not this time. I think I might stay away, but I'm still leaning him I just think he's the better fighter everywhere on paper. Like, sure, he might get rocked. He's kind of like little Oliveira. Like, I know everyone says this, but he, he literally is just like him, like on the feet anyways. Sure. He kind of gets rocked, and then he comes back, and he just comes back stronger and uses knees, elbows, whatever he can get in the clinch. And I think that's going to be a problem with Munoz. He doesn't like to get um, pushed back. He doesn't do well on his back foot. Um, He can wrestle. He can grapple. But I don't think... I just think Santos's grappling is going to be better if he gets his fight to the mat. So it's just for me, I just think Munoz needs to land something really good and maybe just hope to God that he can get on top of him and then <laughs> the ref can stop because I don't see him winning this fight because I think Santos should like smother him like in the second or third round and then get a like a either a club and sub or a knockout. So I like Santos, but I'm just not super confident like I was last time because I don't know about this injury or why he pulled out. So that's always a red flag for me. But if it wasn't that red flag, I would be on Santos all day. Yeah, I'm leaning him. I, I don't. I'm not like sitting here saying I love it. It's not my. It's not my favorite play. I'm. I'm certainly not going to anchor parlays with it or anything like that. Um, but. Just a quick cursory look at it. I, I agree the, with the assessment of being worried about the injury or the nondescript reason for the fight being pushed, whatever that may be. Uh, we don't know how that will manifest itself, if it will at all, on Saturday night. But um, in the event you don't want something weird showing up, some weird like floating rib thing or some bullshit like that, 
Yep. Um, I don't think we have like a Manny Pacquiao, Floyd Mayweather torn labrum situation on our hands here, but you never know what these things are. MCL tweaks, bucket tears, things like that. There's just no telling what any of these things are. You know, you get a cortisone shot and you wait a week and all of a sudden you feel like you can fight again. So here we are. Um, without knowing what that is, I, I, I wasn't really going to play this anyway. It was always just a lean on Santos. Um, Munoz is dangerous and he, he he's he's young and he's exciting, but you know, I'll go I'll go Santos here. I, gosh. I hear, but I one thing too is like I went back to looking at his rec past record, Munoz Jr. Yeah. Like he beat Jamie Simmons and he beat Ludovic Shalinian. Right. He lost to Tony Gravely and he lost to Nate Maness, which are solid losses. Yeah. So like I think Santos is in that range of like a Nate. Maness and a Tony mm-hmm. Gravely. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing my little thing. Like, where yeah. would he stack? Sure. Yeah. So and then my- Gravely in that fight, like he was pushing it on um Munoz and he didn't like it. And he got knocked out in the first round. <laughs> yeah, I I, I I I very rarely uh bet against Tony Gra- uh, Gravely Gravely. I, I love Gravely though. Yeah, I love him. Yeah, he's a cash cow. Now, to put my conspiracy hat on for a second here, I think Benil Derry. I love it is going to beat Charles Oliveira. And right, I got I got to end the show right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I think Darius is going to beat Charles Oliveira and um I don't I'm just saying like is Santos like Santos losing could be part of the precursor like the first domino to fall in a uh, blonde-haired Oliveira Brazilian horse meat camp don't coming you, to an don't end. You, don't you dare say that. I'm just saying all of them Oliveira is my dude. Dude for for a decade, every one of those guys was soft as duck shit, finished constantly, no cardio. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, they all show up. They're all ripped. They're all covered in like super high definition, well done tattoos. They have <laughs> cardio that never quits. They all have their hair dyed blonde, and they have unrelenting finishing power. Whether it's the first minute of the first round or the last minute of the last round, they just cannot. They're they're basically like uh, here here's a throwback. They're, they're basically like Ermi's Francas um like modern day francas dude and i'm like i don't understand it's either it's got to be the horse meat it has to be <laughs> it could be so, but ever since Oliveira moved up from another weight i think he's only lost twice yeah well shout out to my boy cub swanson who slept him that's slept true him. i will always he was not doing well in the featherweight division i will say that <laughs> i mean all i'm saying it, it, when he made weight <laughs> mma math Cub Swanson was lightweight champ for a brief period of time. <laughs> <laughs> brief period of time. Uh, no, I just, one, Cub's my boy. And then two, that remains to be one of the funniest knockouts of all time because he hit him and then like a good solid like three beats passed. And then he like, he didn't even just fall down. He like whimpered down. Like he just, yeah. like, it was such a, he like wavily fell down on top of himself, which was like. I think he even does a dance like that. Yeah. He does like a dance after he wins. That's what he did. And he's like, boom, out. Yeah. And he like held the side of his head. And he was like, oh no. And he fucked. It wasn't a great one, but. No, it was so good. <laughs> he got hit and he was like, wait a second. Did that hurt? Oh no. And then he fell down. All right. Andre Arlovsky at 34 and 21, taking on Dontel Mays at nine and five. Um, Arlovsky at plus money here. Dude, please give me. Andre Arlovsky at plus money against low-level uh, UFC heavyweights all all the time, all the time. Dontel Mays is awful. He's so bad. 
He's so bad. Andre Arlovsky wins his fight, and he beats him. It, it, dude. We might actually get an Andre. I dare say we might get an Andre Arlovsky finish here. I know that sounds blasphemous, considering he he can barely finish anything. Um, you know, can't even finish an episode of Murder She Wrote before falling asleep. I, I, dude, Andre Arlovsky might knock out Dante Mays. Mays is so bad, dude. He's so bad. Make an argument right. for Mays, can you? I can. We were talking about we were talking about this earlier in the show. When a fighter has that switch, yes, yes, Arlovsky has this, that switch. This is I I saw it. I saw it last fight mm. against Delima, and mm-hmm. Delima is a totally different beast. I'm not comparing Delima and Maze by any yeah. means, but yeah. I saw it there. Yes, he gave up. He was like, "Yep, there's another night. I don't want to. I'm done." Yeah. I Maze is a big. Big guy. He's gonna have at least 25 pounds on Andre. Okay. He can wrestle. He's gonna be stronger. I'm not saying he's going to wrestle, but he can. If he does that, I think he can win this fight, and Andre will give up, especially after those hip thrusts that Mays does like to do when he's on the mat. Right. <laughs> you remember when he was fighting? Uh, oh yeah. What's his name? Oh. Uh, it wasn't Hamdi. What, what was the? What was no. The... Oh, it was Parisian. Yeah. Yeah. Josh. Yeah, but um, it's a, this is going to be such a weird fight. I, I think Andre will win the first round, but Andre slows down in the second and third rounds. Like he survives. Like his head movement is just this. Like he his arms are nowhere. You don't see his arms because they're down by his knees. Like yeah. he doesn't have the defense anymore. He doesn't have the cardio. I'm not saying Mays has amazing cardio, but if Mays can just implement a takedown around or maybe just two takedowns in the whole fight. I think he could win this fight. It's going to go to decision though. I'm not, I don't see a knockout or anything, but I do think Mays could win this fight. I did pick him because I did see Andre. I just think it's done. I think he's there for a paycheck, not to be mean. He'd make, he makes a lot of money now, like probably over a hundred thousand dollars just to show up. It's three fifty. There you go. It's three. I would show up for three hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and if I knew I might have a chance to get knocked out, I would quit on the spot and call it a day, and I'll fight again in two months. Mays is fighting for his UFC career right now. If he loses, he's out. Like he lost to Sakai, and Sakai's out. Yeah. Think about that. This guy's out if he doesn't beat Andre Arlovski. So he has something to fight for here. I'm not betting him to win this fight. No, I would probably bet on Orlovsky, but staying away. I just think Mays has a path to victory here. Will he win? We don't know. Uh, I So I get it. I saw it too. I, more so for me, the, the Cerrone switch was the Tom Aspinall fight. Oh, yeah. That was another same thing that happened kind of. As soon as Aspinall grabbed his neck, he was like, like <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, kind of like a, a Jan Blahovich and a Glover thing. Like right. as soon as it was like right here, he's like, "Nope, I'm out, I'm out." Yeah, and then um, <laughs> his last fight too, we saw we saw that. But I don't think Dontel Mays is a submission threat at all. So well, he has a couple on his resume. Give him right. a little credit. Okay, but so, you no, know, I don't, I don't think so either. He's not, he's not taking Andre Arlovsky down. He's not moving to his back. And he's not rear naked choking. But he's going to have twenty five pounds in, on him at least, and he's and he's way taller and bigger. Totally get what you're saying. Totally get what you're saying. But there was a man. I'm just thinking there was a, logically. There was a man. 
many moons ago that existed with similar measurements by the name of Tim the Maniac Silva. <laughs> and Andre Arlovsky dispatched him with the quickness. Yes. Guy that was much taller, much was bigger. Like, what, 15 years ago? <laughs> doesn't matter. The Maniac remembers. The Maniac remembers. I remember. Um, no. Andre, you know, the idea of Arlovsky being chinny, we got to throw that out, right? Mm. He had a he had a stretch where he was getting where he was getting his bell rung, but Rosenstrike was the last one to knock him out, and that was what four years ago, three years ago, something like that. I mean, you can probably say Delima, but it was a club and sub technically. Right, right. Since then, we're what five and two. I mean, the dude, the dude wins fights. He's he's look. He's that guy. I've said this before. This is a, this is a recycled material. He's that old guy when you go to the gym and play basketball that can't play great defense, that isn't going to get rebounds, but he's always in the right spot on the court. And like from 15 feet out on the wings, he will bank shot you till your fucking eyes fall out of your head. He's couple, that guy. He's that guy. A couple pump fakes and pass off. And you're like, whoa. Oh. Dude, come, come, exactly. Dude, hit you with the pump fake, get you in the air, two dribbles around you, and then finds a guy out in the corner that you yeah. didn't even know. And you're like, there. you could, you had an easy layup. He's like, no, I want the assist. Yeah, I want the assist. <laughs> and then he's running down. He's already back with his finger up in the air while the dude's shooting in the corner. Yes. And you're like, what? You guys have plays? Like, what? Are you running plays? Like, this is the pickup YMCA basketball game. Exactly. Our loss. Yeah, I got, I got four plays. Our loss. No, 100%. 100%. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I'm on our I'm on Arlovsky here until proven otherwise. Uh, I don't blame you. I don't blame anybody here, but I I'm going to go with Mays. Like he, I just think he he needs to win right. or he's out. Yeah. All right. We've got we've got three fights left. Two of these three are a short notice replacement. So I'm I'm not gonna we're not gonna camp out here too long. John Castaneda yeah. at 19 and six taking on Mullen Gafarov at 18 and four. Castaneda minus 125, Gufferov at a plus 105. Um, do you have, I know these are last second replacements. Do you have a lean one way or another here? I'm a big John Castaneda fan. Yeah. I mean, normally when stuff like this happens, I tend to just go with the guy who's not on short notice because, I mean, it's very rare for someone to come in with like two or three days and I don't care how good you are and win. But I'm going to pick John. I think this one's a little bit closer than it could be an early on, but I think Castaneda survives and like kind of just wears on him and, and wins like a decision here. Like I'm not betting this fight. I don't know what the lines are. I don't even know if they're out yet, but um, so, I mean, I saw a little bit of tape from Gaffarov. I mean, he's solid everywhere. He's solid striking, solid wrestling and stuff, but, and he's tough. He's never been finished before. So I do think this goes to decision. That would be maybe the only play I could see happening but i wouldn't bet one side or another because i'm sure castaneda will be like minus 600 or something crazy um well i mean i think well jake's not here but i, I mean the line at the bottom i believe is probably accurate castaneda minus oh really wow so there's a lot of people on gaffarov okay or they think he's better than castaneda on short note wow i'm shocked about that yeah i believe um yeah, he's not here, so we can't. I don't want to double check his work, but I mean, he just he put those in while we were sitting there. So I imagine it's oh, got to okay. be as close to the most recent line Man, as possible. I almost like that. Minus, well, I'll take a stab at minus 125 with Castaneda. Yeah. Full camp has good cardio. He's good everywhere. Yeah. Maybe not super amazing anywhere, but he's good everywhere. I like Castaneda, man. I, I, I do I, too. 
I think he's quality. I think he's a good good young prospect. All right. Easy Dos Santos um, taking on Abu Bakar Nurmagomedov. Mm -hmm. Nurmagomedov 17 and 3. Easy Dos Santos 23 and 7. We're at a pick him over on our rounds here is at two and a half. We haven't seen Easy in a while because of the old PEDs. Um, and then you got Abu Bakar with that big giant ass head of his. Are you gonna pay? Are you gonna pay the Nurmagomedov tax on uh on Saturday night? No. No. Because I do not think this Nurmagomedov is that good. I don't think his striking real. I mean, he's known to be more so a striker. I don't think it's that great. He doesn't really have the greatest knockout power on the feet. He yeah. can wrestle. He does wrestle when he gets in trouble on the feet or if he's kind of gassed out. And I think Zaleski is a way better striker and he has very good uh, jujitsu too. So if he does get taken down, he's not going to be like a fish out of water or anything. So will he get up though is another story. I don't know, but um, I like Zaleski here. I think the price is right. I'm not going to, I don't think I'm going to bet it though. It's just because I feel like if this fight goes to decision, the judges are going to lean towards Nurmagomedov side, whether it's right or wrong. And I feel I don't want to get robbed. So I'm staying away. If I really felt like Zaleski could win inside the distance, which he has a shot, I think it would be by submission, more so a knockout. But um, I'm just going to stay away. I I like this fight to go over two and a half, though. But I like Zaleski to win. So I'm on the Nurmagomedov side here. Um, and I say that knowing how blasphemous it sounds because I've been team Easy Dos Santos since he showed up, right? Um, I have I have been easy to Santos. However, uh, PED usage and time away, and now coming back and fighting in the apex cage, a guy that needs distance to create chaos the way he does with his kicks, with his punches. He's not good in the pocket. He's like a mm -hmm. he's very rangy, um, and I know Nurmagomedov is going to give that to him for a little bit, but he's not going to get it for very long. Yeah, so I like Nurmagomedov. At a certain point, you're just going to go with what you know. He's going to close the distance on him. He's going to he's not going to let Dos Santos work from range. And even if it does stay standing up the entire time, it will come at the cost of these exchanges and these periods of time where these gentlemen are locked up together. And it is a little bit dirty boxy. It is a little bit clinchy. It is a little bit phone booth fighty. Um, and then he lets them, you know, then they they break out apart. He's going to try to build up and wear down Dos Santos to get rid right. of that quick response time on everything. So I like uh, Nurmagomedov from a tactical standpoint. I think he's got the fight, the, the higher fight IQ. Yeah. And if it, makes, if it makes that a round one, I think it's his fight to lose. Round one will be very dangerous for him outside of that. I think it's his to lose, man. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I, like I said, he uses his wrestling when like, at, at the right times. Right. Yeah. So, and I think that's what he's going to have to do. He can't keep this fight on the feet. I think otherwise he would probably lose this fight. Correct. Yeah. Um, plus, it's it's very tough to bet against a dude that's like built like a regular guy. Like he just looks like a like he's like a regular like this like a regular Michael Olajacek style dude. Like just Mikhail Olajacek. Like that like that level dude comes in. You're like, who is this guy? But then you like kind of look at the ears and you notice the nose is a little bit different. You're like, oh. I shouldn't pick a fight with this guy. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, give me Abu Bakar, um, Nurmagomedov. So we're a little, a little bit of variance here. And then Jamie yeah. Malarkey taking on, Mu Mu oh, man, I should have practiced one. Muhammad Jan. Muhammad Jan Naimov? Naimov? 
Uh, I would say Namov. All right, cool. We'll go, we'll go Namon versus Malarkey here. I'm very, very good with with uh, names. I'm sure because I, I don't listen. <laughs> I'm terrible. I, no, you, you say, well, you say that, but you're sandbagging. You sandbagging son of a bitch. Because I, I don't know what the K stands for, but I bet your last name has 38 syllables in it. Now that I know you, that you're Greek, there's no way your shit has to be like Constantinopolis. It's got to be. A lot of O's, U's, and I's. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> hey, no, I'm, I'm bad with names, bro. You're lit. <laughs> <laughs> so cheer though your full name is 40 syllables and no way is that an exaggeration malarkey <laughs> no you're you're on it you're on it 100 um malarkey's I, at certain points i think like a minus five to minus 600 favorite here name off just pick your price on the on the back side you're gonna play that guy like that short notice against jamie malarkey now i know i understand it's jamie malarkey and minus 500 is a ludicrous price tag but are we there i don't think we're there no, I'm not. I'm not betting him at that for yeah. sure. I will pick him to win. Uh, again, short notice fighter. I didn't really do much tape on this name of guy, so I don't really. I can't really say if he's good or not. I'll be honest. So, um, but Malarkey. I mean, that's a tough debut on short notice for anybody. Let's be honest. He's. I'm not saying he's amazing, but he's good everywhere. He's got good wrestling, good grappling. He's got good striking too, but uh, and he's tough. He has good cardio. So, like, he's good everywhere, but he's just not amazing. He's one of those guys. So, Namov's going to have a little bit of a tough night, I think. I mean, I'll do some tape study just to double check and see if there's a little bit of an angle for his plus money. But if not, like, I mean, Malarkey will probably win. Like, last time Malarkey fought somebody on short notice, he looked amazing. And this guy was supposed to be some kind of world beater on the regional scene. So, right. Give me Malarkey. Okay. Who is um, now that we finish those up? This this isn't gospel truth. You don't have to hold it. You don't have to like die on this hill. Who do you think the favorite most likely to shit the bed is this weekend? Ooh, good question. Let me see. The favorite most likely to shit the bed. Oh, I mean, I'm gonna go with one of the underdogs that I like, and I'm gonna say Alex no. Caceres. Oh, we've got to be one of the favorites. Which one of the it favorites? is a favorite? Okay, Alex Caceres. Oh, well, we should have He's a favorite. Well, you said one of the underdogs I like. Well, I, with one of the underdogs I, I like, I understand what you're saying. Now. But the Sorry. opposite guy, I misunderstood Sorry. what you're saying. You're good. You're good. You're good. And then, um, who's going to be who's going to be the parlay buster? Who will be the person that destroys everybody's parlays this weekend? Tim Elliott. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. I can totally see if it's the exact opposite of what I think and like what you think. Right. Like he's not ready for this fight. Like he's got a lot on his mind, like everyone's saying. Maybe. I mean, that that's a definite true scenario that could happen. But I'm just on the other side of that equation. But he could be like everyone's on Tim Elliott. Yeah. And if you th- I'm sure everybody has him in parlay. I mean, I threw him in a parlay. It already busted with Garam, but right. I still think he wins. But yeah, I would say Tim Elliott for sure. I don't see a lot of parlay guys here. Like the best one was Garam. Right. Other than that, these guys are single bets over unders props. There's just not even like Silva. Like she's, I think she's the highest other than Malarkey. I don't even want to parlay Malarkey though. I think she may be the highest favorite. Yeah. Other than Malarkey and maybe, um, well, Castaneda's not because we just saw it was minus 125. So, right. 
I will say this. We've got fights for the next 12 weeks. We were off for a week Ooh. with nothing happening. So if you are betting this weekend, take it slow. Yes. Take it slow. We got 12 weeks going into International Fight Week where we have nothing but violence. Relax. There's time. You don't have to force square pegs into round holes um, this weekend. So pick a couple spots, make a little bit of money, and just roll out. Roll out. But I want to. But I want to sprinkle th- nine round three knockout props. You well, I mean, if that's what. <laughs> listen, it's your money. Ultimately, I don't, I don't do that. I don't do that. Ultimately, uh, you know, all of you, you're all grown ass men. You can figure it out, you know, so do what you want to do. But anyway, I digress. Ask you one more question. I'll cut you loose, man. Um, All right. We were talking about beforehand. You got that super sweet rollback desk, which I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. And underneath that rollback, you said that there were books and other various sundry items. Um, This is a bird and a book podcast. Are you a uh, are you a reader? Yes. Okay. It's, main, it's mainly fiction. Perfect. Is it? Wait a second. <laughs> so hold, in, hold, wait, 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 wait. I gotta. I have to. I have to. I have to stare. I have to. I have to hold on a second. I have to. Now that I know this, I have to try to read you as a person. Okay. Because it's a fiction thing. Now, now you said fiction, but you said it with a little bit of hesitation. So. I, w- I would venture to say that you are a there's a sci-fi element to it but is it fantasy sci-fi or is it like spatial sci-fi I don't I don't know if you're full Lord of the Rings sci-fi like fantasy but I think I think you're a f- I think you're a fantasy sci-fi guy are you a fantasy sci-fi guy correct come on man let's go awesome now that being said uh is it like all the way fantasy sci-fi are you talking about like witches and goblins and the the file like the fires of Embledore and all kinds of stuff like are you that level of fantasy sci-fi um could be maybe a little not like super magic stuff if you want to say okay but like maybe a little bit sprinkled in Gotcha. Still like kind of real, but like gotcha. there's still like that element where you're like, oh, it could be like cool little magic things. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So um this uh Sandman series by Neil Gaiman. You read those? No. Check them out. Okay. Check them the out. The Sandman? Sandman, okay. yeah. Yep. Um I actually made a Netflix movie or series about it as well. Oh yeah, so, yeah. I seen that. Yeah. Based on books. Read the books first before you do that. Okay. Um that's cool, man. That's cool. See, yeah. Well, I read. I'll just say, I read the Game of Thrones books. Obviously, that's a, yeah. that's not sure. no brainer for anybody. And then uh, also the Witcher books are fantastic as well. Yeah, if you're into that, I like those. They're really easy reads. And um, I tried getting in the Wheel of Time. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of books. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I watched the show, and like that's fine. Damn. It gets a little too crazy for me. I love it, man. I love it. I, I, it's like a weird, weird bar trick, but I love, I love trying to like peg people down on stuff. So, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm just not really into this like space stuff. Yeah. I can't, I can't get into it. Yeah. It takes a certain type of person, certain type of person. Yeah. I think, I think forest magic's a little bit easier for most people. I played a lot of Warcraft, uh, World of Warcraft when oh, I was younger, in my yeah. younger days. So that's like my style right there. Boom. 
Right. I got it. I got it. Oh man. I love it. I love it. Dude. That's so good. That's so good. Well, tons, tons of world of work. <laughs> I got 17,000 hours like, in that game, multiple characters and everything. Like my twenties were gone. Yeah. Well, listen, I appreciate you coming on the show. Um, I don't, I, I mean, I watch enough of your stuff. You don't get it. You don't get into yourself a lot on your show. So I appreciate you kind of peeling back the curtain a little bit and letting people know. And then, you know, uh, maybe some, you know, hopefully nobody from your audience sees this and then comes over and tries to give you shit on your show about it. But if oh, they, I'm yeah, totally fine with, I know you're, you're totally well, we've already established you're like the super chill. Yeah. So it doesn't even, it doesn't even matter. I, I invite like trolls coming on my, our shows. It's fun. I, I, I have fun. Yeah. I have fun with it. Tell people about your show, tell people where they can find you. If they're not familiar with you, keep in mind, um, Audio is the big platform here. So tell people where they can listen to you and where they can find you. Well, thank you for having me on my, uh, on your show. Um, I, I, you can find me at Johnny K picks on YouTube, Instagram, or Twitter. I put out my uh, picks videos and predictions videos. Um, try to do it on Sundays or Mondays. And I do a live stream with blood money, MMA bets, Cody on Thursday nights. That's usually the, the live stream night that I always do live streams on. And if anyone else wants me to come on their show, I'm more than happy to. That's why I'm here. Always love doing live streams. I think it's fun. I like hanging out with everybody and just talking and kind of letting loose of like having fun. Yeah. So, and that's basically me. That's all I do. If you're an audio only person, which most of you are, it's Johnny K and it's Johnny with an H. So you're at H double N. So um, just, Correct. So it's okay. Correct. Uh, well, you, you, bro, you get people on there and be like John J O, you know, oh, J J H J or J H O N N Y. Yeah, all kinds of different folks <laughs> out there. Yeah. It's twenty twenty three, man. You can spell that name with a Z right now. <laughs> people be like, oh, fair yeah. enough, fair <laughs> enough. I'm just thinking back to the old school days. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, you guys can check out Johnny uh, anywhere, and, and highly recommend his program. Um. It's. It's fantastic. Him and Cody do a great job. And then all your stuff, you know, you, you do a great job with your stuff. You are like, you know, as far as like the YouTube thumbnails go and all that kind of stuff, you're the man, man. You get it all done. And you got like a close-up picture, you pointing to the shit, you know, doing all the stuff. And you got the you got the surprise to, face and all that stuff. You are like the thumbnail guru, bro. You got it all down. I'm trying to keep up with the time, you know. These all these younger kids are doing all that stuff, so I gotta mimic them. Bro, I'm telling you, man, you're really trying to keep it. Hey, listen, I'll keep you honest. If I start hearing you use some young people slang, I'm going to bust oh, you. Oh, yeah. Out. Call me out. Call me out right away. Yeah. I'll be like, ooh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, man, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, guys, yeah, thank you for having me. Feel free if you don't already. I mean, everybody in the world subscribes to Johnny on YouTube anyway. But if you don't, hit him up over at Johnny K Picks on YouTube and then be sure to like, subscribe. And share this episode with everybody. Even if you don't like them, feel free to share with your enemies as well as the people that you love. And uh, Producer Jake, this is the time where I give you the nod. I'm going to say goodbye. We'll see you guys later. Be good to each other. God bless you. We'll see you. See you later.